Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I want to continue the conversation about uh, pipelines and uh, where Alberta goes from here. A few stories to get to. I want to bring into the conversation of friend Cody Bannersill, founder of Canada Action. Uh, Cody, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. My pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me. We're just having a conversation about uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline and, you know, these sky-high fuel prices in B.C. And, and maybe the, the opportunity that this presents to, to, to lay out the case for Trans Mountain as a win-win for Alberta and B.C. and for Canada for that matter, that, that adding that capacity would allow us to get more refined product into B.C. That would help alleviate uh, a lot of the pressure that their gasoline market is under. Do you think it's important to be able to, to present these arguments that way? It absolutely is. Anytime we're supporting a product or a resource or a family that's Canadian, we are uh, uh, maximizing the value for our society, for our country, and we are using a resource, in this case, oil, that's been uh, produced to the highest global environmental standards. The benefit for for British Columbia is immense. Uh, Not only are there a lot of First Nations that support this project, the existing pipeline has been operating since the 50s without catastrophe, And we need to get Canadian resources to global markets, but also to Canadians. And in BC right now, you've got this issue with gas prices, which is uh, of our own design, of British British Columbia's own design with the government there and opposition to this pipeline. So, you know, why are they importing uh, gasoline and jet fuel from the U.S., even from other countries in that West Coast area in Washington State, when we could be using a fair trade, clean tech Canadian oil to... Uh, fill up at the pump. Yep. Well, I think it's a big part of making that case and, and presenting it in a way that British Columbians can, can understand and, and can maybe see where it, where it helps them as well. Now, one BC resident in particular, Cody, you just had some interaction with in, in recent days, Victoria's <laughs> Mayor, Lisa Helps, who's been an outspoken critic of, of pipelines and Trans Mountain in particular. To her credit, though, uh, came to Alberta, got a first-hand look at, at how we do things out here. What's your sense of, of how that went, Cody? We had such an amazing day on Friday, and I am hoping that the mayor's visit is the first of many to come. I have to give a big, uh, uh, warm uh, a shout-out to Lisa Helps, also to Councillor Davison and Councillor Sutherland in Calgary for working with us on this. You know, it was a great day. We learned a lot. We met a lot of uh, people that are very passionate about what they do and passionate about protecting the environment. And I believe, based on feedback from the mayor of Victoria, that this trip has uh, really expanded her understanding of how we do things in the oil and gas industry and in the oil sand. And uh, we are building bridges. We are uh, inviting people to join us in conversation. We are trying to get away from this divisive uh, uh, screaming match that a lot of the anti-pipeline groups seem to really want to uh, foster. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're trying to talk about unity. I mean, these anti-pipeline groups are trying to break this country apart. And we need to have a conversation about how we move forward rather than screaming at each other all the time. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Lisa uh, helps her, her comments uh, after the trip. She said it's, it's too soon for me to say whether it's impacted her views. And it's probably unrealistic to think that somebody is going to come and see it and do a dramatic 180. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of a longer process, isn't it? It's part of a longer process. We have to remember that for the last 10 years, there's been a well-funded, well-organized campaign of disinformation and fear against our energy sector and against the women and men that feed their families by working in our oil and gas industry. 
So it's going to take time to continue to ask people to have a balanced conversation of fact, of positivity, and of respect. Um, this trip with the mayor, Lisa Helps, she said um, after the trip that if the oil sands has a future, we know it does because we know the oil demand is growing, this project and this type of extraction in situ drilling, that's an Alberta technology we should all be proud of, is the future and is innovative and is protecting the environment and it is continually getting more sustainable. And that is the exact message that we are trying to get out to the world. We are always improving, we are always moving forward, and we are welcoming the rest of the country and the rest of the world to come and join us to see how we're doing things. Who would you like to bring next? Have you, do you have a list of, of folks that you think would, would be ideal to come here and have a visit and see it for themselves and have that conversation? I would love to have the uh, Premier of Quebec. I would love to have the Mayor of Vancouver. I would love to have the Mayor of Burnaby. They're opposing Trans Mountain, and um, a lot of what they're saying is, being, is, is this, this message of misinformation from the anti-pipeline groups. We need to be balanced and we need to work together as Canadians. We need to get unified. I would love to have the mayor of Toronto and uh, open invitation to, uh, you know, other mayors and other, uh, uh, you know, elected officials from across the country. Let's work together. Let's build bridges because we know that Alberta is a very, very important economic engine of our country. Let's talk about a story here in Alberta. There's been controversy recently over the appointment to the Alberta Energy Regulator, to the board of this Ed Whittingham, who's formerly with the Pembina Institute. He's somebody as well who's been a real critic of pipelines. Word today that he has now resigned from the AER. What do we make of that? You know, um, I don't believe that Ed Whittingham was ever qualified to be in that position in the first place because of his uh, record of uh, opposing uh, our oil and gas sector. And I think that when you look at the evidence as is presented by people like Vivian Krauss, you know, um, Pembina Institute and Ed Whittingham, uh, there's grant letters from U.S. foundations telling them what to do, and they did everything that was asked of them, opposing our oil and gas industry and contributing to work with their tar sands campaign partners, opposing pipelines. And um, I just don't think that that's, uh, uh, that campaign we know is built on fear and misinformation and uh, is not taking a global big picture perspective. And uh, so, you know what, I think Ed was probably thinking he was going to uh, lose that position anyways, so he decided to resign today. I, I take offense to his comment that, you know, uh, we're going to somehow revive international opposition to the Canadian oil and gas industry as though he hasn't been paying attention for the last several years, because let's be real, international opposition has never stopped, even though we're a world leader on the environment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jane Fonda, uh, Coastal Gaslink, Keystone XL, Bill McKibben the other day compared the oil sands to hell. If there's, if there's not a more extreme statement that you could make, uh, I don't know what it would be. And so... Um, you know, I'm glad that uh, that Ed has resigned, and uh, I, I don't think he should have ever been hired in the first place. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. It, as you say, Cody, I mean, there, there are forces who are certainly very active in their campaign to to block these pipelines, to landlock Alberta Energy. Uh, but, I mean, are, are there 
environmental groups out there, honest environmental groups out there, you know, maybe there's disagreement on policy, the future of the industry, but but are there honest environmental groups out there that, that we can work with or try to find some common ground with? I believe that Canadian industry has been trying to find common ground um, with a lot of these environmental groups for many, many years. And unfortunately, we continue to give and give and give and give. And they never give back. They never follow through. You look at the Alberta Climate Leadership Plan as an example. Since 2008, U.S. foundations have wanted to cap oil sands emissions and production. They've wanted to block oil tankers, cancel Northern Gateway, and pushing bills like C-48. Well, all of that's happening. And, and they got their emissions cap. They never stopped opposing pipelines. There, if there's a balance to be had, if we accept and acknowledge the global reality that demand is growing for oil, and we are a leader in protecting the environment, these groups have not treated Canada fairly. They have not treated our workers, our families fairly. And they have not been honest, in my opinion, with their supporters, with the public at large, and in their dealings around these campaigns and the supposed deal. Remember, we were told climate leadership plan and the oil sands emissions cap means we'll get pipelines built. There's no pipelines built. And we have been the only top 10 oil exporter with carbon pricing initiatives since 2007. And since that time, this campaign started and they ignore all other top 10 oil exporting countries, pipelines and tankers. It's bad for the environment, it's bad for our society, and it's bad for Canadian families. Recording much more at CanadaAction.ca. Also, folks can find Canada Action on Facebook and on Twitter. Always appreciate it, Cody. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Rob. Always appreciate it. Take care. Cody Battersill, founder of Canada Action, CanadaAction.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.